Loading Nerd Track Program. Listen when ready. Recorded. <laughs> Just FYI. Just FYI. So do we get to hear the, the intro music now, or is that? A... No, we don't get oh, to hear yeah. it. We we it. it. Yeah. It's great intro music, though. I love it. I thought about learning it on flute, and then y'all changed it. <gasps> oh, our original one. Original. Yeah. The new one is so much better. It it's is so good. So much who, did, who does your music? So, uh, for this new one, okay. So the original one, we just got off of like Fiverr. I just paid a guy to make really? one. Really? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, just it sounds so much like Star Trek. I'm surprised. Well, that's so, <laughs> yeah. no, the first one the, didn't, that's the original the one. one. Yeah. The newer yeah. one I got, I don't know if, if you listened, we, we had Molly oblivion on, um, a couple episodes ago. She's a big horror fan and she does voiceover work. And then her and her partner, Gory Rory, he does like film scores so they both worked on it so she's the voice of the computer and then he did all the score and then they put in like audio clips and all that so they they worked on it That's awesome. and they, they did a great job it was amazing it's amazing i love it with that welcome to the nerd trick podcast everybody i am jeff thank you for joining us i am here with uh, let's go with david hey guys <laughs> and phil Damn. and you can hear phil Hi. in the background going uh more importantly we have a guest with us today welcome kelly Yay! <laughs> but i think people might know her better as the nerdy flutist probably yeah, hopefully. most likely yes um <laughs> if you're, any, your if you're anywhere great. near truck talk you know her yes um how are you doing kelly i'm good good it's kind of late <laughs> It is. I'm on the I other know. end of the country from you guys. <laughs> Four East Coasters. This West seems to be a problem with us. I know. <laughs> um, well, I always kind of like to start with uh, when we have guests is kind of see how they got into Star Trek in general. So we'll start with that. How did you, what's your first exposure to Star Trek? Well, much like many millennials that grew up in the, in the early 90s, um, my dad watched Star Trek and I just happened to be in the room uh, through a lot of it, I do specifically remember seeing like late TNG episodes as a little kid and my dad watching Deep Space Nine and Voyager. But I know I was never really into it because I was too little. Like mm. I was really little. I was born in like 88. So, you know, a little too little. But um, I remember every time I saw First Contact like on TV, I would watch it because yeah. I love that movie. It's really good. That's a good one. And then when I was in high school, uh, Galaxy Quest came out, and I loved that movie. <laughs> I loved that movie, and it got me watching Star Trek. So I was like, I want to watch the stuff they're parodying. And then that, that... So high school was when I really became a Trekkie. That was by That's far our most fun holiday special, I think. <laughs> you like a Star Wars Quest? holiday special? Come on. <laughs> Not on my list. Sorry. <laughs> this was fun. 
Yeah. That's yeah. Galaxy Quest is kind of it's like one of the best non Star Trek Star Trek films. Yeah. You know, That's when it. I watch the Orville, it reminds me of Galaxy Quest. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I love up the Orville. <laughs> I know. I'm. Yeah. I I can't wait for the final season. It'll be good. What? It's gonna be the final season. Yeah, the third yeah. one comes yeah. out, and it's it's the final. Boo! Yeah, I think yeah. just cost and yeah, yeah, cost probably. That's usually what it is. Yeah. Uh, cool. So, what? Um, do you have a favorite series? Uh, that's a loaded question because it's always been <laughs> TNG. <laughs> okay. But because you know Picard's my favorite captain, but man, Good I gotta pick. give it to Deep Space Nine. It has the most rewatch value for me. Like it's the most bingeable. It is the best written. It has the best characters overall. And I just love it. But I will always have a special place for TNG and Picard and the stupid little flute. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. I'm not going to let y'all live that down, by the way. Who said stupid, stupid little flute? flute? One of y'all David. during your light episode said stupid little flute. And yeah. I died inside me. every time I heard that phrase. I was like, okay. It must have been David. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that lines up. <laughs> well, speaking of little flutes. I'll take, I'll um, take responsibility for that. Yeah. <laughs> if no one's figured out, today we're doing a the most flute-centric uh, episode there is, Lessons, uh, which is TNG season six. Uh, episode 19 original air date april 3rd 1993 um actually let me do this as well because i know so you requested this one um since we burned you on in our light sorry (laughs) (laughs) but someone else i i can't appease everybody i'm sorry no no it's fine i I was i was late so (laughs) it's okay um so was this or when did you see this episode like was it when you were already into music or was this kind of like oh yeah i mean i've been a musician since pretty much my whole life like i've been singing my whole life and then i took piano lessons when i was a kid Hmm. i've been playing flute since fifth grade so i remember i saw the inner light first and i always liked you know the scenes where we played the flute and stuff um and then i saw lessons like years later and when i heard her play a piano backing like to the inner light theme like mm. that scene gives me chills still to this day like every time it's just so gorgeous it and is. say it's what you will about the plot of that episode all of those music scenes they just they are so special to me <laughs> and that's why i wanted to talk about this episode mm-hmm. yeah. no good and that's that's what i like about it too is that you can have those special episodes because it means something to you it may not mean something to everybody but it means something to you and that's the mm-hmm. best part yeah absolutely yeah. Um, so, sorry, I'm just stuck on David saying it's a stupid little flute. <laughs> flute. Flute. Um, flute, by the way. Yeah. As I push up my nerd glasses. <laughs> I feel like we're going to go. For stupid little, is that resican? Is that how you translate that? <laughs> right. Yes, that is resican. <laughs> we're going to go full nerd on this one. We're going to go like sci-fi nerd and like music nerd. And that's okay. Cause we're all on a nerd trek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aww. The nerd right. flutist on the Nerd Trek podcast. So Same many nerds. <laughs> I love it. Um, you have an album coming out soon. Um, soon <laughs> I haven't officially announced it yet, but um, I am working on a Picard-themed EP. So not Ooh. a full album yet, um, but I actually noticed 
when I was listening to the music from this episode and, you know, trying to put together things to perform for my live streams and for TikTok and everything since, you know, I kind of found a family in Trek Talk. So, of course, I'm going to play yeah. Star Trek music. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yes. And I don't think you can find any of the songs they played in this episode as the as you hear them in the episode anywhere. Mm. Like, okay. I don't think they officially released, like, a, a flute and piano version of The Inner Light. There's, like, a full orchestra, like, suite mm. of it, and it's mm. beautiful, but it's not the same thing you hear in this episode. Um, the closest thing I found was some sheet music for it. Okay. <laughs> and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah. It's okay. It's, it's just for piano. It's it doesn't even, it's not even for piano and flutes, so... Um, um, so, my my goal for this EP is to provide that music for somebody to listen to like i want to hear picard and nella play frere jaca <laughs> in picard's quarters without all the dialogue yeah so that would be good i have that and i have the inner light which i expanded because they stop in the middle to make out so you don't get to hear the rest of it <laughs> damn, <laughs> Spoilers. It. damn it damn it picard um, come on right <laughs> so i did i expanded that and then i decided since you know an ep needs more than two songs and it's a Picard-themed EP that I would also throw in the Picard show theme. Also because it's beautiful. Mm. It is. Yeah. Say what you will about the show. The theme is gorgeous for season one. The show is awesome. So. That's yeah, and it, it, and it has some, or it sounds similar to The Inner Light, at least for my my ears. Like it has some notes that it, are similar. Okay, or so here's the story. <laughs> Maybe I, I could be wrong. Here's the story of the Picard theme. I don't know all of the details, but think back to the inner light. Um, There is a scene where Cayman is speaking to his wife when they're older. You can hear Cayman's son in the background playing the flute. Mm. Um, And it's actually the the, the melody that they ended up using for for, the Picard theme. Oh, okay. That's so cool. And it's actually Patrick Stewart's son. Playing, yeah. or played who played his son or his, yeah know. doubt it's him playing the flute but <laughs> yeah probably not well there's even some scenes in this one where it's not patrick stewart playing it it's on his arms yeah. um actually yeah we'll talk about that when we get to that scene okay. um mm-hmm. i have a lot to say <laughs> oh yeah there's, there's a lot cool um Okay, well, let's do this. Let's dive into the episode since we have a lot to nerd out about. Um, <laughs> so the basic plot of this one is um, it's kind of a love story with Picard, sort of. He he falls in love with a crew member. Um, but then, of course, you know, duty kind of gets in the way and he's concerned about favoritism and then putting her in harm's way and, and all that kind of stuff. So which I think is interesting, given that we're on this episode heading into Picard season two. So spoilers for season two, if you haven't listened to it yet, but or or watched it yet, but it seems like there is a focus on kind of Picard's love and why he, or why he's a bit more lonely and hasn't ever found love or settled down. Um, at least as far as more one episode in as of this recording. So, um, but this kind of ties into all that as well. So, um, where do we go from there? I don't know. I've always been on team Nella. I like her as a character. I wish she would have stuck around. They could have done like a shorter arc for her, maybe like two or three episodes. Yeah, they didn't do I, arcs back then. No. I have a feeling <laughs> Not really. I have a feeling if she was still alive, they probably would have brought her back for Picard season two. She's alive. No, she's not. She passed away. No, not the yeah, the actress passed away. She, she died oh, of, the actress. Was, yeah, she died of cancer. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant the so sad. 
yeah. character. Uh, we don't yeah. know about the character. <laughs> I knew what I'm talking about. I wonder if the novels talked about her at all. I don't know. I, I mean, know about the new they, stuff. But I know back then I didn't. I don't remember reading anything about her, but because they expand on a lot of stuff, but yeah, not not every character though. I just yeah, I wish they would have given her them a meeting a bit more. It would have felt more heartbreaking if she leaves after like two or three episodes because we get to know her a bit more. It's a bit more of an arc than just the one. The captain really me. shouldn't be dating his crew, so. Yeah. Like the whole that whole arc said was no problematic from the start. <laughs> yeah, but that's like a thousand people he can't date though. Then I get it is such a lonely it's life of a captain. Everyone that's around him all the time. Yeah, but it is. A, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this episode is basically the writer's way of saying this is why the captain shouldn't date his crew. Right. That's true. Well, then why is uh, Captain Riker on the Titan? He's got his. Ship's counselor is his wife. <laughs> He's messed it all up. My husband is a huge like military history nerd. Like mm. um he even was working on a degree in it for a while and he just he's always like, he shouldn't be dating that crew. <laughs> it's actually against regulations in real life. Blah 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 blah. So. He needs a nice like civilian person. That's that's what he needs. Yeah. Well he yeah, almost had it with Wash. <laughs> yeah. He had well, in the insurrection. She was cool. Right. Yeah, I liked her. Um, but even a civilian on the Enterprise, I mean, you, you could be a civilian, like, you know, the barber, and the yeah. ship could just explode because you're in battle Guinan. with Romulans. Yeah, or Guinan, exactly. Why would you want to date Mott? No, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> why wouldn't you? <laughs> it's like, oh, the blue skin. Mm. I like it. Uh, <laughs> um. I like, though, but it was someone who was kind of his equal, like, who wasn't intimidated by him either. She was like... Yeah, if anything, well, she intimidated him. Oh, yeah. Well, that whole that whole opening scene when she's in the dark room with, like, the red lights on and he just walks in and she's like, whoever the hell it is, just close the door. Get in here. In or out. Make up your mind. And she's she's not really phased when she finds out it's, it's the captain. She's like, oh, Captain Picard. And then she's like, he's like, well, you could have just locked the door. Like, well, <laughs> right. I wasn't expecting anybody to be up. So she kind of gives it right back to him. It's it's pretty good to see. It's refreshing. I like that. Well, yeah. but that's kind of how that's like like Vosh is 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 like that as well. Not intimidated by him can just can give back just as much, and that's he kind of needs yeah. that. Yeah, and it's somebody that's kind of intellectually equal to him as well. Yeah, for for both Naladaren and Vosh, they're they can kind of hold their footing with him on whatever subject, whether it's music or archaeology or. Whatever they're doing, something. Well, yeah, because he does have those those interests. Yeah, he has archaeology, and then especially with yeah. the music, because it means the music especially means so much more to him after the inner light. Um, so that he can connect with someone like that now probably means a lot more. Absolutely. Yeah, and for him to share the the whole story of the probe and what happens and and everything, you can tell how much it it kind of means to him. He really Patrick Stewart, it really emotes that really well in this episode i really like that and speaking as a musician like finding somebody to play music with it's a it's a connection on a spiritual level like that you don't really get in any other way Mm. well it is interesting because you'd think with all the people that play other instruments on the ship you'd be like oh he's got to have somebody but data obviously isn't gonna have well data's (laughs) not gonna have an emotional connection and no 
Riker just plays this, the trombone for fun. He's not going to be like, let's let's put together and weave a duet. Like, yeah. Picard's no. not and playing I've certainly Dixieland. worked with yeah. musicians that, you know, I didn't really get along with or whatever. And like, you know, that that's it's more like a business transaction in that. But like when you find somebody that you really click with that you can play music with, yeah. it's just it it's like nothing else. Yeah, it's a whole different so that, level. That is part of the episode that I truly connect with. Like, yes, I understand having somebody to connect with with your music is just so powerful. Yeah. That makes sense. I like that. And that's, I think that's a good mix for him too. It's like that emotional connection through the music plus the the intellectual connection of like the sciences. Because she's, she's uh, the head of stellar cartography, which that mm-hmm. always just sounds like a cool job anyway. Those map stars. <laughs> Speaking of which, though, how come there was no head of stellar cartography in all of the big meetings before? But now that she came that on board, that is the all one of part of the episode. That of I always like, made me scratch my head. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like why the ship's counselor is part of the bridge crew. You just kind of accept it, but at least that was there from the beginning. This is just like, oh hey, this important person's oh, now. By the important. way, she's a senior officer too. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would have made I sense if they like were dealing with Troy kind of to that, but. Troy kind of like fills, fulfills more of like an ambassador role on the bridge than just like the the mental health professional of the ship. She she seems to be more, you know, obviously because she's Betazoid, she can let the captain know when she feels something that's uh, you know wrong or whatever. But also she's yeah. probably trained to read body language to be able to you know let the captain know like what the other person may or may not be thinking, feeling, even without her powers. Yeah. It oh, almost yeah. just kind of seemed like her job was created for her because I don't think we see a ship's counselor on any of the other ships, do we? Uh, I mean, Esri is, <laughs> but she's is. more of a station counselor. Yeah. No. There is in Lower Decks, there's the bird guy. But <laughs> um, you don't see him on the bridge, like hardly ever. Mm, that's true. And he seems to be more like a civilian character, too, because he's, he's never in uniform. Yeah, yeah and, like and they make a point jacket. and they make a point in Voyager about talking about why they don't have a counselor because of how fast they left space dock mm-hmm. and they were only supposed to be gone on a couple of weeks. And if any ship really life. needed a counselor, <laughs> yeah, it was right? Voyager. It was Voyager. Voyager. <laughs> we're not in but, emotional distress at all. But at least they acknowledge it like, hey, we don't have a yeah. counselor because we weren't supposed to be out on this long ass mission. It was supposed to be like two weeks in the Badlands. We didn't even think of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at least they don't just abandon it and are like, counselor, what, what? Yeah. Well, I meant like even the ships that they come across, not necessarily the other shows, but we never see them come across like another crew or another station or anything with a counselor, at least they not in TNG so far. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. just kind of like they're like, hey, the Enterprise needs one. Those guys are fucked up here. Just like we'll make this job <laughs> for you and you go do that because you can feel what they feel and hopefully you'll keep them from killing each other. <laughs> well, and, it's like, and it's like a small town. You've got over a thousand people on board. So, yeah. I think traditionally that's the role like the the ship's doctor would have played if they didn't have an official counselor that would have been the doctor because they're removed yeah. from the chain of command. Um, and that's what I love about Discovery is yeah. that that Dr. Culber is fulfilling the counselor mm-hmm. role, especially in season four, like a lot more so than the like the physical doctor role. Like he is he's he's paying a lot more to everybody else's mental health and his own. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, because it's and in disco too. They there's a couple other doctors that they've shown. Um, I don't remember their names, but yeah, it, it, I like that they're he's taking on both those jobs as well. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, so Voyager was double fucked because they had an EMH doctor, <laughs> a, a hologram, and they yeah. didn't have a ship's counselor because they weren't supposed to be gone. They have no nurses. Yeah, they're Basically, all screwed up. They're stuck with Tom Paris as a nurse. That sucks. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of excited they get to get to Voyager now. I want to see this this carnage. This, this, hot, <laughs> mess of, this hot mess express of a ship. Yeah. This hot mess express. Something like that. Um, what else? Yeah, I. What else happens in this one? There's that. I, I I always like the episodes where we find Picard un, uneasy or he's like not sure what to do because it, that's a very rare occurrence where he doesn't know what to do or he's not sure of what to do. Yeah, this. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. Like she kind of flips the 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 usual role he's in. Like she's the one who's intimidating him, I think. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> he's just kind of along for the ride, especially when she comes to his quarters and is like, let's play music. He's like, uh, uh what? And she's like, no, let's play music. And he's like, I've never played music for people before. I don't know what I'm doing. He's like a scared little <laughs> she kid. She kind of has like, to just like push him to do it. And it's, that's great. He needs that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I love that scene so much. And he has a lifetime of practice. Why does he still consider himself such an amateur? Like, <laughs> um, I can definitely attest to that. Most musicians, no matter how long they've been playing, always think they're terrible. Even when I post videos, I'm like, man, I messed up there. Why should I, why did I post that? <laughs> well, but we don't know. We, exactly. Yeah. Well, before we get too deep, we've have the scene kind of in the first act in 10 forward where data, uh, ensign Cheney and commander Darren play Chopin's trio in G minor. Yeah, Ensign Cheney's the only somebody, real musician in I, that scene. And I think somebody <laughs> oh. had some issues with that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I was watching that scene earlier what, today, what and, okay. and, I, and I get to Data, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> like, I'm not a violinist, but I know enough about the violin. I have a, a, you know, a few professional violin friends and stuff, and like his bow is just all over the place, like all over <laughs> And I'm just like, hmm, it's doing an okay job for maybe somebody who's not a musician, but a violinist would watch that and go, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's wrong. And, you know, Ensign, was it Ensign Cheney, the the yeah. cellist? Yeah. Um, she's obviously a real musician because she has no speaking lines. They probably just put like yeah. a, like a, um, like a union mu- musician in uniform and Here, said go play scale for the day yeah yeah okay. exactly <laughs> like i'm not sure how that works in hollywood but i imagine the, the musicians union is in on it somehow i don't know yeah. um and then there's nella which is interesting like obviously the actress was not a pianist and mm-hmm. anytime you see her face and her hands in the same scene it's pretty obvious that she's faking yeah but <laughs> Any of the scenes where she, you see just her hands, they brought in a double, yeah. and you can tell because mm-hmm. that that person knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I I imagine when it's you see her full body doing it, they probably just taught her some simple yeah. hand placements or something. And I know from listening to the Delta Flyers, like listening to Garrett talk about his clarinet teacher and how he mm. like took clarinet lessons during the filming of the show, yeah. which I think is really cool. Yeah. Like also as an instrumentalist, wouldn't it be cool to put that on your resume? Like I got to teach Garrett Wong how to play yeah. clarinet. By the way, that would be cool. Yeah, so they probably brought in a like a well, probably the the person they brought in to double for her, like taught her some things, and yeah, they probably. did the same for uh, Patrick Stewart in the scene in his quarters. Um, I gotta give it to Patrick Stewart though, like the scene in his quarters. I know. 
obviously I know how to play the instrument. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> very intimately familiar with the songs they play in this episode. And he does a really good job at faking. Really good. Like yeah, there's only a like, couple of like notes where I'm like, that's wrong. Stuff or coordinated at least. Yeah, so. he was obviously taking lessons. And Penny Whistle, to be fair, Penny Whistle is a really easy instrument to play. Like really easy instrument to pick up and mm-hmm. learn compared to like a clarinet or a flute or violin. Like a band instrument, a orchestra flute. instrument. Those are very like complicated instruments to learn. Yeah. Uh, the Penny Whistle has six holes. You have one. Oh, look, she just happens to have one. Of course I have one. I have like six of them. Yay. I wish I had like the replica of the Resican flute. I saw one on Etsy. So do those come in different keys? Yeah, I've got a whole slew of them all different sizes. Depending on, so they're tuned to whatever key. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I was curious about that. You can get like a professional Resican flute prop. I don't know if it plays, but if you get, but, but it's like $700. They're really expensive. I saw oh, one like, on like a legit proper replica style. Yeah, like yeah, like screen accurate. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin everything for you guys. The original okay. the original Resican flute prop does not play. Oh of course, yeah, of course I not. Didn't think it, yeah, it does well, not play because for him to be able to blow into it but not wreck the sound for the scene. I yeah, guess that, so that that that's, that makes sense. But when I found that out, I died inside. Yeah, you're like <laughs> so oh, I was really? like I dream of playing this someday, and I, it's never Aww. gonna happen. <laughs> I saw it once in a museum. Like there was like a traveling muse like exhibit that came track ex- and, exhibits. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And I don't know if it was the original original Resican flute, but I saw it. I saw it through a window in like a replica of Picard's ready room. And I was like, I want to touch it. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> well, in, in, in that scene in his quarters too, I think there's a scene where it's not his arms. It's, it's someone else's arms. But Patrick Stewart's just leaning in, um, blowing into the whistle. I think. I don't know, actually, because I was watching it today and I mean, I was paying as much attention as I usually do. I wasn't like zooming in or anything, but it, yeah. they looked like his hands. So if he had a double, they looked mm. just like his hands. But a lot of knows. times, yeah. see, the thing is, unless he had somebody like sitting in the couch underneath him, like doing the whole like <laughs> arm bits, like there's yeah. there's really no way to fake it with this little of an instrument. Like, I guess that's true. It's right up next to your face. Like, if you look, I mean, obviously the podcast listeners won't be able to see. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's for our benefit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. Of course. So I, I actually, I don't have a hard time believing at all that Patrick Stewart just learned it. Because that's possible awesome. too. You, sure. you know, you know, the original prop just sold at auction, right? Like last yeah, year. Yeah, for like tens of thousands of dollars. A hundred and ninety thousand dollars. Jeez. The the flute plus the box and then yeah. a, a script as well from Interlight. Oh man, crazy! I just want to see it. I just want to see it. Thousand dollars. <laughs> want to get a picture yeah. with it. <laughs> the sad thing is, it it probably just is going to sit in some collector's like living room and no one will ever know. Yeah, well, nobody can there. play it anyway, so whatever. But it touched Patrick Stewart's <laughs> DNA is probably still on it. <laughs> Great. Clone him. <laughs> Great. Just Elon probably bought it. He's like trying to figure out how to clone him. <laughs> That'd be okay. I feel like I'm Sheldon okay in the Big Bang Theory. I can clone right. my own Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, when he gets uh, the lock of hair. <laughs> that's great. Uh, <laughs> There's probably some nerd, though, doing that. It wouldn't surprise me. It's in his lab somewhere in his mom's basement working on <laughs> right. an extract of the DNA. Um, 
so I also like that the, that they did deal with him dating someone under his command, like what kind of the rules around that and how it works. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I like that everyone around him is supportive of it. Cause they're like, you deserve to be happy and you know, it makes you happy. Then we're happy. Um, cause even when, when Riker comes in to talk about like, Hey, she's asking these requests. And it's like, but I think, am, am I being weird? But she's not being weird. and just kind of want to run it past you. So like, uh, I like that they kind of clear everything up and it's not like a weird mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, and that's a very I, I feel like that scene just shows a lot of great leadership from both both men. Like, yeah. Especially oh, yeah. Picard though, he's like, You feel free to do your job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like, he's you like need to well, tell her no, tell her no. Yeah, like yeah, regardless being of unreasonable or yeah, no, regardless like, of how her feelings towards me are. It doesn't Yeah. yeah. I like that. Well, because I mean, especially he's he was so secretive with, with Vosh and very private. Um which is interesting when when uh, when she talks to Crusher at that one point where she's like, oh, you know, you've known him a long time. He seems very isolated. And she goes, well, he's private. He's not he's isolated. a very private man. Yeah. Can we yeah. talk about how weird Beverly was being in that scene? Uh, she there's she a little bit of side jealous. eye. She was clearly jealous. <laughs> yeah, but I think she's trying to be the bigger person. But I think there was a there's some feelings in there. I remember watching that today going, man, I got to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> she's always so weird. In like in that that scene in particular, like you could tell that she's like, oh yeah. man, I just missed it's, my chance, didn't I? <laughs> it's kind of always been that way with her and yeah, and him. The will they won't. Well, because even with with Vosh, I mean, she was supportive, but I think there's like a little bit of because there's some int- there there's some intimacy there between Bev and Picard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially well, yeah, when I mean just just from the episode attached where yeah, they have the implants and it connects them that's a good and episode. they can read each other's thoughts kind of thing yeah i think that really it's like a bonder for them yeah um but but i mean it's i mean we're out of order because that won't happen until season seven so yeah it's season like, seven. okay yeah, well but they they have a history anyways just with jack and and all that so i killed your husband <laughs> <laughs> and wesley is my secret child <laughs> that's that's my theory. That's a lot of people's theories. Not oh hell child, yeah! Never meant to be. Although child. Wesley would probably have more of a receding hairline if he was up a Picard. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he maybe gets it from a better I don't know. Side. Young young Picard, like in Rascals and stuff, looks an awfully like a lot like young Wesley Crusher from season one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He looks just like <laughs> Renee too. That's so oh, weird. That. Yeah. So weird. He looks <laughs> just weird. like looks Picard's exactly nephew, like Renee. <laughs> How'd that happen? Um, so kind of all this comes to a head when like there an actual emergency comes up and she actually is put in danger, which, which is like something you never see stellar cartographers going down to a planet and, and being in harm's way. Yeah. Well, is she only there because she said, Oh, this one time we built like a, a yeah, she opened her mouth and said, yeah. Hey, we did this this one time. And they're like, great, go do it again. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Yep. Yeah. She volunteered herself. That's what happens. Yeah. You open your mouth, so. But it's, it's weird to me that she was even in that meeting to begin with. But yeah. Well, is it because it was like a solar flare and she's in stellar. So is dealing with stars. Is that why she was there? Probably. I guess I can believe that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the most logical thing to have a, a specialist in the meeting talking about what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Well, except for all the other times where they're studying stars and we've never seen someone from stellar cartography yeah. before. No, it's usually just data talking about it. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Or, well, they're, dealing, got the or they're dealing with some kind of engineering problem. 
because yeah. oh the solar flare is going to knock out something on the ship or we have to do something to protect or whatever yeah that sounds about right um yeah so she actually does get put in danger and i because i i haven't watched this episode in a while so i actually thought that she that she died uh initially but then when she comes back you're like okay but it's, it's like that scare that puts him into mm-hmm. thinking like why well, I, I i can't do this because he even says he's like i can't put you in danger ever again and like well that's obviously going to be a problem it is so gut-wrenching when he's looking yeah. at his flute and he shuts the he shuts the box yeah, he's like pap he shut down yeah Thorata. yeah when and he even says he's like i was thinking about it and i don't want to do that anymore because because he lo- he thought he that he lost her mm-hmm. it'd be so sad oh can I mean, we back can we backpedal was when he thought yeah. she was dead he's like i'm never going to enjoy my music again that can was... we backpedal to the funniest scene in the entire episode sure when they're playing in the jeffrey's tube I like and they that. stopped oh, yeah. they stopped to make out oh yeah and you see data and jordy or jordy and mostly in engineering and he's like huh? i hear music it looks like a head his, like a dog when he hears a sound his head cocks he's like huh? and he's walking around like do you hear that i hear that do you hear that and data's like i don't hear shit and he's like i hear that <laughs> you think data with like his androidness would have heard it but... would have picked it up like instantly yeah. right yeah yeah but it's a really cute scene i love that scene yeah Funny. it's such a sweet moment i love it i love it but I, I was cracking up. I was like, mm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jordy, Captain, even the captain's getting more action than you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of Nella's little piano? I like that. That'd be cool. You know, that I mean, can actually exist in real life. Well, I mean, yeah, it doesn't kind of. sound. That I mean, good, I actually have one that like rolls out like that. I have a little roll up piano. It's old, so it does not sound like that. But um <laughs> With today's MIDI technology, like if you you could get a little roll up piano, plug it into a computer, and get a Steinway sound out of it. Ooh, so I yeah. definitely don't. I definitely have an easy time believing that that kind of technology can exist in a few hundred years. Oh, absolutely. Just based yeah. on like I have a little I have a little MIDI piano in my drawer over here that can get that same sound. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I'd be surprised if it wasn't kind of more that like Avengers or like. Or what? Um, or like how disco is now, where like the invisible, yeah, like the, screens the way, and they the, way the matter it. is now, yeah, yeah, programmable matter. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'd be something like that, where you just touch the air, but it's like a, and they could just, yeah, like yeah. yeah. I would, I don't know, I would want something tactile, like yeah. it's even, um, like a lot of pianists, like I'm not like this, like my keyboard here has just like regular old like keyboard keys like they're really mm. light touch but if you go to a piano like a physical real piano you know with piano strings rather than just like an electric piano the keys are weighted mm. and they make a lot of key uh, keyboards nowadays with weighted keys but those are a lot more expensive so <laughs> um, it's the same feel so it's the same feel so it is a difference and a lot of like like I don't really consider myself pianist I'm decent enough to like make myself accompaniment tracks Um, so I don't mind playing with this, but it is a huge difference. And I know a lot of pianists hate pianos like this. So I can definitely, it's gotta be so different. I think playing the air would not feel good at all to a pianist. And I honestly Mm. look at that little roll up piano going, how does she enjoy playing that? But I also think she's a Starfleet officer. In some cases, this is the only thing she can play and it's better than nothing. Right. Yeah, she's not. So she's not always going to have a holodeck to be able to go to to play a Steinway. (laughs) Well, I get that with the tactileness. I I 
played a little bit of piano, but I know for a long time that that thought that that was going to be the next technology in keyboards, that it was going to be like a little pen looking thing that projects out a laser on the desk. And then as your finger cuts off the laser, it represents the key. Now with and disco technology, time I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> with like the programmable matter, I'm sure that they can like, I don't know, because of photons, forced fields, yeah, it's technology, almost like a, it's they almost could like probably make it tactile. Can, yeah, it could. I would yeah. think so. I wonder, so in that scene where it's Data and the celloist, or cellist, cellist. Uh, and she's playing the, like, that that's a full, a piano. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, does, does the Enterprise just, like, store that, or do they, like, <laughs> replicate, replicate one? You could, you could replicate yeah, it. Yeah, I've never actually thought about it. They probably just, like, beam it in. Probably from, like, the cargo bay. Cargo bay it 87. Might, yeah, yeah, or, like, just... maybe they, they may have an industrial-sized replicator. They just beam it in. But like that—that be- that begs like, the question for me: Why are they not in the holodeck for concerts, where you can replicate oh, too, like yeah. acoustically perfect Better concert acoustics. halls? Yeah, and like anywhere. all these instruments. Instead and why are they playing on decorate ten forward? Why are they playing on ten forward, where they have to close the whole bar and they have to rearrange all the tables and they got to set up all the chairs <laughs> and they got to bring in the Steinway. Like what? Well, and why do you, and why do you only have like two dozen chairs out in this big space? Yeah. There's like a thousand, thousand people, people on, the ship. on board yeah, and you can only get two dozen people to come out to your gig. And also like, why are they not in the little performance space they use for plays? Yeah, because they have oh. that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have that little theater set up. I've never understood. They they do say in one episode, I think it's in season seven, where they say that um, Ten Forward has really good acoustics, which I don't mm. buy for a second because it's covered in carpet. <laughs> it's too absorbent, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what, yeah, because then, but then they go to a Jeffrey's tube because it's the most perfect spot. That so, I can believe. Uh, yeah, because yeah. the other than the like whole chamber, chamber. Yeah. of yeah. like right. just lengthy tunnels, like I can, I, I bet it's really awesome to play in the Jeffries tubes. Oh yeah, but then yeah, you go to ten four, which is all carpet, and and would just absorb all that sound. Yeah, that's no. like the girl on TikTok, the or girl woman on TikTok that sings, and she's under in the overpass. And, yep, and, I've yeah, seen her videos the, in New York City. Yeah, and, yep. and the acoustics there are amazing too. Oh yeah, and that's in friggin' New York. We, uh, when I was a music major, um, we used to practice, like, if we practiced late at night, which was often, uh, we would go into the stairwell if the building was mostly empty and practice mm. there because it was mm. super mm-hmm. echoey. So I can definitely believe that the Jeffreys yeah. tube would be super echoey. Which oh, is super, yeah. It's so there's much fun lady, to play in. There's a lady on TikTok who does that too, and she's but she always goes and sings the creepiest songs possible. She's like, I, I gotta be scaring <laughs> all my neighbors. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's awesome. good stuff. Good times. Um, yeah, so that's it's such a gut wrenching thing for Picard, where he's. I, I think this is just why he becomes more private and isolated too, because it's like he's like you know, anytime he tries to find love or reach out a little bit, it just he gets shut down in some way, mm-hmm. whether it's the person or just circumstance. It's sad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's a lonely life. Well, because every time he falls in love with somebody, most of the time it's his crew or it's somebody unavailable. Picard yeah. has a type unavailable. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's true. And yet when somebody becomes available to him, he shuts her down. Yeah. Exactly, because she's no longer his type. Spoilers <laughs> for Picard season two, episode what? one. What? Oh. Oh, God, I know. I'm I'm hoping it comes back around, maybe. 
I want to know what happened to her husband in between uh, seasons. I know, right? They're just like, uh, he's not around anymore. Like, did you not hire the actor back? That was weird. Mm-hmm. Probably. Gone. He's down. Uh, what else happens? This? Okay, so some people do die in this one. So when they go down, there's a Yay! bunch of crew. Uh, <laughs> you got to add to your death count. There's like six yeah. crewmen that die. Uh, there's eight. Eight. eight they, yeah, Ooh. they specifically say eight. Um, so eight crewmen die defending this colony of like a hundred or more people. So add them to the, to the list. Don't forget the Ooh. six from the previous episode. We have a nice round number for TNG deaths. So we have our okay. standard TOS deaths of 1650, which seemed so big at the time. Then we have Borg deaths of 5,004. Four. Yes. And then we have four. Now, <laughs> 17, hey, you didn't die or else it would have been five. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now we have 17,900 TNG deaths. Nice even number for a total of 24,554 souls lost in Star Trek so far. At um, the end of this, we really, need, we really need to make a TikTok with the um, Seasons of Love sound from Rent. Like, how many Star Trek deaths are there? <laughs> 525,600. <laughs> that would be so uh, bad. Great. Fine, I'll do it. Small genocide. <laughs> it is. Um, so we get that, um, and then she's, yeah, and then she decides to get a transfer and I was like, so what, she's been there for what, maybe a week or two? Yeah. Yeah. And she bails maybe. on the flagship of the fleet. And she was trying to get that post. Like she well, I mean, worked really I, hard to get it. Yeah. And has to go and fall in love with the captain, ruined everything. <laughs> and then they're like, say, oh, well we can coordinate our shore leaves together. Like, and yeah, then you never see her again. No. Yeah. But I felt like they logically went through that because first he made his statement. He's like, I can't put you in danger again. And then she's like, well, if I stay, you're going to have to. And then he's like, well, you could quit and stay with me. And then he's like, she's like, well, you could quit and come with me. And they both are like, yeah. no. And then she's like, all right, I'll ask for a transfer because that's the only option left on the table. I think yeah. you and can then, kind of tell in their faces in that scene that they are breaking it off. Like, oh, yeah, they, they, they're they saying, oh, we they can know. come visit each other and blah, blah, blah. But like you can see in the look like she kind of has pain in her her eyes when she's saying it. Like, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. she does not plan on seeing him again. Well, it's like oh, anything yeah. else when they move away and they're like, we could do long distance. We'll Ugh. come see each other on weekends work. and holidays. Nope. And, blah, 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 and, and they're done that. It's nope. like the summer. It's like the <laughs> yeah. summer camp love. Yeah. Oh, well, don't he, worry. Yeah. Well, and Captain Picard never takes time off anyway. He did that like in season three and that's been nothing since. <laughs> yeah. Because well, yeah, it's, it's we never did, worked out well. Well, to get his ass out of the chair to go to Risa for a few days and look how yeah. that turned out. He never go anywhere <laughs> again. Exactly. Yeah. Doesn't work. He just goes digging through archaeological sites when he's on leave. <laughs> he does. He's like, I'll just do a different type of work for a while. That's my vacation. Exactly. <laughs> His weird hobbies. Yeah. Weird forms of relaxation. Whatever. Oh, hey, it works apparently yeah, for him. Um, what else happens? I don't know. What else did I like? What else, other scenes that caught your eye? Anyone like favorite scenes or anything? Uh, I like the awkward scene where Picard comes onto the bridge and asks Riker to be his fencing partner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, did make, that did make me that laugh. That was the yeah. most uncharacteristic. <laughs> and you could see the, the look on Riker's face going, he's like, what the uh, hell? Uh, <laughs> yeah. like, it, it doesn't matter as long as you enjoy it. <laughs> I, I did a double take the first time I saw that episode. I was like, did, did, Picard just do that and like it's funny because like Riker has that same look on his face going 
did Picard just do that? <laughs> Everybody's like, he's like happy hell? and being weird. He's Twitter painted. Exactly. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> it's like he almost like pooped him on the nose or something. Mm-hmm. That's what I was expecting. Right. <laughs> 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 oh, but I like that. I think that shows too, like them as a family, like they're all supportive. Or at least, you know, we see them being supportive. And even Troy is like, if you're happy, we're happy. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as long as you enjoy it. Yeah. As long as it makes you happy. Sorry. I wonder who would be his fencing partner. Like, would they be afraid to stick him? I think him? it's Guinan. Is it Guinan? Well, yeah, because she's done it before. When was like She's a, done it before. Although she kind of insinuates in that episode that she doesn't do it very often. I don't know. Or the computer, because who would be fencing partners with the captain? I would. Other than Guinan, like Guinan's the only one who probably wouldn't be like too intimidated to fence with him on the regular. (laughs) Oh, and we know we know Guinan does phaser practice because she does it with Worf. Mm -hmm. She's She's like, oh, I practice at level seventeen. She's like, oh, okay, I guess I can come down to that level for a while. (laughs) He's like, what? (laughs) She's had hundreds hundreds of of years years on him. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure Picard plays the computer just like he does with the flute. Maybe he's he's that one person playing single player in a multiplayer his, game. His, <laughs> his fencing partner wouldn't cancel on him if he was fake. Oh, oh that's true. Good point. Mm-hmm. See now, who's canceling on the captain? Like, geez, probably right? Guinan. Yeah. Probably <laughs> whoever it is. They better be dead. Because like I have to rearrange ten forward again because you keep messing it up. <laughs> You guys in your stupid music you performance. Music concerts, <laughs> yeah. man. Have your, have I, your little chamber music. Anytime we see these concerts or plays in TNG now, I think of Lower Decks, where they're like, oh, the D was just, you know, symphonies and, and, and yeah. concerts. I'm like, hell yeah, it is. Chamber music and <laughs> jazz. Speaking of chamber Rick. music, I know you guys have already talked about In Theory by now, I'm assuming, the, the episode where Data gets a girlfriend. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so there is balanced. actually a flutist in that episode. Um, Jenna, actually, she's okay. obviously faking and not doing it very well. <laughs> That's my two cents. <laughs> okay. Another horrible fake. But yeah, I've also thought about cosplaying her because I'm a blonde flute player. Do it. Oh. <laughs> does she just have a uniform or does she wear like. Yeah, it's just a, a yellow uniform. Yeah. yeah, she's just an engineer. Do it. Yep. And just carry a flute around. Yep. That would be awesome. Well, honestly, my plan for the next convention I go to is just to walk around in my Picard uniform with my flute. There you go. That would be perfect. Um, I know you said you wanted to play a little something. Do you? Yeah. So when does I that actually, work for you? So now it's fine. You want to do fine. it now? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the scene where um, they're in his quarters and mm-hmm. they they play, um, they play Frere Jaca. Mm-hmm. And... This is the level of nerd that I am uh, because I'm putting together this EP. I sat there and I listened to that scene over and over and I transcribed the piano part because obviously you can't really find it anywhere. And since Frere Jaca is technically a uh, public domain song, I can perform it for you guys. (laughs) So this is Frere Jaca as close to as you can hear it in the episode as I can get. Okay, go for it.
awesome. Great job. Oh, thanks, Kelly. That was really cool. Yeah, that was. Hopefully the balance was okay on that. <laughs> no, that sounded great. Were able to right. hear the piano and everything. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. That sounded, that cool. sounded great. First live performance on yeah. our podcast. Yes, absolutely. That was cool. Thank you for doing that. Really Seriously. Cool. Oh, no problem. Yeah, I actually debuted that on my live stream the other night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. I know. I need to check out one of your stuff. I was, I've been absent this past week, but I need to check well, out more of your live reasons. stuff. for good reasons. You've been on a Just boat in the Caribbean. I'm on a, on a boat. boat. I'm on a boat. <laughs> Anytime I'm on, a, I'm on a boat now, I have to say that. I don't know. Where's their Pashmina oh, Afghan? Yeah. yeah, every cruise I go on, that's the first thing I say when I'm on board. I'm, like, I'm on a motherfucking boat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was great. I'm, uh, I, well, because when we got our, our, our new music as well, when um, Rory sent us that, because he, he, wrote this like three minute long, just orchestral piece that I, I put at the end of our episodes now. Mm. And I could just listen to that. Like, I love a good score. I love a good, just classical music. So it's like, I, I could listen to that all day. That was great. Thank you so much. Well, you you will soon be able to hopefully whenever I release this EP. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> or you could come to my live stream every Thursday night at 9 PM Eastern time on Twitch and TikTok. Ooh. Ooh. Which, uh, what are your screen names? Where can people find you on those? The, the Nerdy Flutist. Everywhere. Um, okay, that makes it easy. Yep. Right I am so happy that the screen name was not taken and I was able to get the website, the like the web domain. Yeah. It is wow. mine. Nobody else can have it. You are <laughs> the Nerdy Flutist. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly shocked it wasn't taken. Yeah, right? There's no underscores, no dots. It's just the Nerdy Flutist. That's crazy. Yeah. Especially because people just buy stuff just to have it and then oh they sit on sell it, it. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. makes sense. Hmm. Um, what else happens? Or that's I guess that's kind of a good way it's, to end this not episode. There's really a, a ton to that episode. Yeah, they focus a lot on Picard and Nella, which I appreciate. And they focus a lot on the music, which I Absolutely. also appreciate. <laughs> I like those good character development moments, even if it's in the the you know there's a larger story, but I like those moments when you can't you kind of get to know them a bit better. I don't know about but, you guys, but I always like I got chills the first time I watched it when the Frere Jaca like builds mm-hmm. and you get like the that like big triumphant moment at the end where like Picard finally like lets his guard down. And, you know, I've actually had that moment in my life where like I when I first got to improv, I was so shy. I didn't want to play. I didn't want to like <laughs> I want people to hear me. Yeah. And like, there's always that moment where you get you you get brave because you get comfortable, and then like all of a sudden you do something that you didn't think you could do. Mm-hmm. And, that, and then you go, I definitely go, oh identify gosh, with Picard in that moment. <laughs> like yeah. I I've had that moment. Oh yeah, because that's that's very vulnerable for him too to share something like that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and and music is very can be very intimate and very personal. Absolutely. And I know pianists like Nella. Yeah. Like they make me sick because they're so freaking talented. <laughs> like Damn um, my first ever TikTok live stream, I went on live with my friend Tim from church and he's an amazing pianist and he is not a nerd. He's never even seen Jurassic Park. And <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> what? But but what I did was I gave him the chord charts for these songs mm-hmm. and they just they sounded so gorgeous. He had never heard them. And he's just like, yeah, but just play the melody for me and I'll just I'll fill it in. And like so just rest assured that pianists like Nella are real. Like that scene is so realistic. And that's what, like, wow. yeah. 
that's what always impresses me. Just the fact that they're like, yeah, I'll just fill it in. I'll just come in and like make yeah. something. And you're like, I, I, my brain cannot comprehend that. Like yeah, maybe the inner light scene, like she may not have heard enough of the melody, but maybe she did. Like, I know people like that, that are just like freaking prodigies who can just be mm. like, I hear, I heard this melody one time and now I can fill in all these chords. Excuse yeah. Me. Fill in all these chords. Like, I, I absolutely adore that. Like, they they've released an an official you know inner light suite with like for full orchestra and penny whistle and it's just I like the flute and piano version the best like the just version the from Lessons yeah, is so beautiful down. Yeah. and you can't find it anywhere like officially released so that's why mm. I'm doing it myself. But yours was good. I mean that's it. It, it took me back yeah. to that scene. It sounded mm-hmm. like it absolutely. Without without her like little interruptions in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was so good. <laughs> um, all right. I, I, I don't know how else to talk about the episode. I know. That, yeah, I, that, that was, was like the perfect that ending. Like, oh. <laughs> that was great. Um, Do we have well, a Devometer score for this episode? Oh, yeah. Oh, um, okay. Well, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a flutist nor a musician, so I'm not sure 20 minutes of playing music is going to bump up the Devometer score on this one. Um. Keeping in mind that David's opinion does not necessarily reflect the, the uh, opinion True. of this podcast. Uh, uh, Rarely. Fair. I'd give this as, I'd give this like a six. I, mm-hmm. I, the music was beautiful, but I did start to drift Wander. a little. Yeah. During it. yeah. <laughs> um, cause yeah. Cause obvious reasons. Cause, it's uh, cause I'm just yeah, ADD like it's that okay. and it's a shiny thing. Mm-hmm. Just moving <laughs> off. Um, but yeah, I did like a lot of this episode and it wasn't, it wasn't boring. So. <laughs> it was boring. Okay. I'll. All right. I'll well, take that. We'll put that in quotes at the end of this episode. Well, well it, it wasn't boring. boring. David. That's high praise from David. Come on. It wasn't that boring. Is. It's no ship in a bottle, but it's good. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. fair. Oh, that's a good episode. That's, that's it a is. 10. That was that's, a 10. That, that, that's David's one, favorite. That's the that's, only 10 you've only given. 10 wow. Yep. Yeah. 10. Of all the Star Trek worlds, yeah, all the Star Trek. Not even the inner light deserves that praise. Nope, shipping nope. a bottle was it for him. He peaked. Not even Darmok, really. Nope. <laughs> I think we we ruined a lot of these episodes because we were, were we like doing Darmok jokes. Oh, overhyped them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get so that. that's our fault. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I do also yeah. like that this was one of the few episodes without really an A and B plot. I mean, it's just him and her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's it's a good story. It's I thought it was well written, and it's like yeah, if you stick to just one plot, you can bring in these other kind of sci-fi stuff where like she's in danger, but it's like but that's the main plot that they're trying to get across, and, and I like that. And you even don't have the music stretch. scenes had sci-fi elements, kind of. I mean, with her little piano. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I did point yeah, out like that that enough. is actually not science fiction, but <laughs> it Science-y? is in that context, especially in the '90s. They didn't have that technology. I say yeah, back yeah. then that's a tough one. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Oh, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's the episode pretty much. Yeah. Um, let's do this just in case anyone missed it. Where Kelly, where can people find you online and plug everything that you've got? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I am on a, most social media platforms, pretty much everywhere, but tri- Twitter, but like I, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and now I've just added Twitch recently for my live stream. Nice. I think that about covers yeah. it. <laughs> and I also have a website, which I've done very little with. Um, <laughs> basically has my name on it. <laughs> um, 
I also just launched my Patreon recently. Ooh, tell so us about that. In, if you're interested in supporting my music, um, I have a Patreon. Um, what would you like to know? And that's all the, just the... Ner- the Nerdy the ner- Flutist. The Nerdy Flutist. Okay. Not the Nerdy Flutist. Yep. And that on any of my... Like, I have a link tree. Um, I don't know if you put those things in the descriptions, but you're welcome to put my link tree in your description. Um, I don't. I just... Because I don't know how to. And I'm a terrible oh. person. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Well, if you go to my... A lot of my social... Like, my TikTok and Instagram have my uh, link tree in my bio. Yes, Thank go to her him. stuff because it is worth <laughs> it, and you play really great music, and Thank it's you. nerdy and it's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. It's all I do other things besides Star Trek, but obviously the TikTok algorithm <laughs> tends to favor my Trek punk content the most. Yeah. <laughs> what other nerdy fluting do you do besides Star Trek? Um. Well, I've got a few songs in my repertoire. Like I've played some Skyrim, and I play. I actually have several ocarinas. Ooh. So obviously I play Zelda. Um, mm-hmm. I ha- I do want to add some more Star Wars to my repertoire because I I love Star Wars too. Um, so I want to add we'll some of that. And I, I'm adding more Aww. and more to my repertoire. Um, There's yeah, some great any, music any out kind there. Of sci-fi, fantasy music. I also play a bard at the LARP that I go to. Ooh. So I do some like you know bardcore st- style stuff there. If you could just learn Lord of the David, Rings, David's for me. like, what? Huh? Oh, I've done Lord of the Rings. Yes, I, I'm actually planning on re- doing like I batch create a lot of my content, like especially for TikTok. Yeah. And I just bought a little like elven crown to wear for a bunch of Lord of the Rings content. Nice. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much for coming on. This is great. Um, yeah, this was fun. I know. Thank well, you well, for letting me add a little bit of extra nerd to the nerd drug podcast. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Just more flavors. Yes. Yep. We, we encourage all nerddoms as much nerdery as there is. I have one more <laughs> nerdy thing to comment on in this episode yes, that please. I didn't mention, but I have a master's degree in music theory. I don't know if y'all remember in the little reception after the concert intends forward, Picard's like, Oh, oh I yeah. liked how you, you did that arpeggio and blah, blah, blah. And like, it makes no sense. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, like that, that the little, words. little, yeah. The words they they are music words and they make sense <laughs> out of context, but they make no sense. <laughs> Sorry to burst That's your bubbles. A, it's <laughs> just gibberish. You're like, I know you're speaking words, but <laughs> That's funny. I yeah, because I, it, but but I won't since it's the end of the episode. <laughs> you can. That's okay. There are no set rules here, and and it's our podcast, so we we make the rules. You can do what you we want. Pretty much whatever we want. Pretty much. We don't really, we don't have much of a bubble to burst. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Typically, classical musicians don't change the chords in like the music they play. They play what's on the page. So yeah. for him to insinuate that she was changing the notes. Yeah. I mean that it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility, but honestly the chords that he was talking about that she swapped mm. out made no sense to me. Yeah. It's <laughs> like play it as is. Yeah. Yeah. So they were obviously trying to write dialogue to to make Picard seem like he knew what he was talking about. Give but as, as a cred. Yeah. As a the- yeah. as a music theorist, it made me scratch my head a little bit. <laughs> You're like, he's just making that up. What if he's trying to sound like he knows what he's talking about just to sound impressive to get her? Right. He was obviously, well, you could, I don't know, because you can tell he was genuinely interested in her and in, yeah. in like in her music. And he just, to me, I read that scene like he was just being a giant nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see and that. And it was so cute. It was adorable. 
So I do like that scene, but yeah, the 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 phrase they chose, I was like, hmm, maybe you could have asked a real musician how to, like what to say here. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, the, that was too easy. There's yeah. a lot of those on the show where we're like, you had to be able to find somebody, somebody who knew what the right thing was. Anybody? They do that yeah. all the time. Okay. Well, if they had, ours. <laughs> well, if they had the actual like cellist there, they could have asked her. Yeah, I Should wonder I if she was off screen rolling her eyes at that. Probably. <laughs> She's like, I got, I'm just I got paid, paid to play. I'm not paid to console. Like, so. yeah. She may not have even been in the, the reception scene. She probably was just in the the probably. scene where she was performing and then left. Yeah, that's, that's probably all they sense. paid her for. Yeah. Put her in the uniform, yeah. play the cello, leave. Go. They're like, you're good. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. That's uh, that's it. Lessons is a good episode. Go check it out. It's a good character development for a Picard. Um, and yeah, and yeah. there's got some great nerdy music in it. Yep. I like it. Yes, it does. Absolutely. I like it. Well, thank you, Kelly, again. Uh, this was great. Um, hopefully you'll come back at yes, some point. Absolutely. Right on. Um, I got to get my T-shirt. Yes. Well, you got to do five. Five. Mm. I got. I want my T-shirt club. I know. <laughs> I I've gotten a little. I've changed the rules a little bit. Like I I gave Molly and 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 Rory a T-shirt because they made the intro for us. So that special that, circumstance. Yeah. That that well, yeah, that's I got a, a whole shirt. different thing. So if I you want to write music for us, if I do a cover of your theme song, does that ha- does that count? Uh, I I'm sure I can be bribed with a You'll cover of You'll have to perform song. it live on the show. Then. There yes. we go. <laughs> uh, arrangements can be made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, but please come back again. Absolutely. Yeah. You are sure. welcome back. David, why don't you do our thing? All right. Yeah. Check us out at nerdtrekpodcast.com where we have links to all of our social media sites. You can look at us looking at you with a smile in the meet the nerds section. You can go buy some of our shit at cafe press and we might notice. And then whenever you are done playing with your little flute, you can go give us a five-star rating and review. Yay. It's not stupid anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I did almost say not so stupid little flute. (laughs) Just for you. He's growing as a person. Yeah. Don't say mean things don't, about me. Don't Jeff. go that. Don't go that far. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> All right, that, that's it for us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We do appreciate it, and we will catch you on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye. See ya.